I'm John Perry. I'm Ted Cupper. And this is Constellation, making the graphic novel. Join us as we build an original science fiction world. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Constellation podcast. Uh, how you doing, Ted? I am managing. That is what we managing. say. Managing. I am managing. Yes. Uh, me too. Me Good. too. Uh, it, there have been better times in the world, but uh, we go on ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I had a question that like popped into my head after we stopped recording last time. Uh, what was that? Which is, which is, can you delete worlds or only like, or do they just abandon them and they just sit there? Well, I think that depends on whether you gave up that right. Well, but okay. So, but that sort of answers the question that if there is a right to delete. Yeah. I was thinking if you create a world and you don't grant the right to delete, it seems like it might default to the creator can delete, but you might not want to invest any time in a world you did not create if it can be deleted by the creator with no input from the other people in the world, right? That's sort of disruptive to your life. So we might see like economic pressure come up pretty quickly to give up the deletion rights. And since there's very little cost to that, right? Because you can create infinite worlds. We've already kind of decided that there's no limit to the number of worlds you can have in your, you know, world portfolio or whatever. Um, and, and I yep. think that makes sense. It would, it's hard for me to understand what the, you know, what you have like a Google drive account and you run out of space or like, what are we saying? <laughs> you we, know? we could have, I mean, you know, I, I think there's a version of this where space requirements are like a thing, but I don't, we haven't really planned for that. So I just far. feel like, yeah, that, that makes the, um, constellation, uh, like a literal computer in a way that I'm not totally like excited about, you know, it makes this, it makes their scarce resources like a little more like normal scarce resources too. Right. 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 It, it, it does impose some baseline scarcity on the world that I maybe want to suggest that whatever the amount of memory there is in this computer, it's so large that it's functionally infinite, you know, even if it's not, you know, obviously it's finite. There's some amount in there, but it's just a large. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we can come back to that. I, I'm not 100% opposed to giving people like an, um, an account space or something. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, no, I only just brought it up as like, we could do that, we but could. I agree. We could. Let's I, not. Let's not for now. I, I think we previously decided we weren't going to, I think, when we were talking offline about this. And uh, I don't know. I just, yeah, that doesn't strike me as exactly right. But if that's the case, then I feel like there's um, not a lot of cost to saying this is a permanent world. I'm giving up. I'm destroying the key for destruction. Um, or I'm giving the key out to like, a, you know, an institution uh, or something like that so that it's not my decision. It's like uh, democratic or it's just, you know, whatever. I think if you have some norm like that that probably is a world that people are going to be like well this world i know is going to last for a long time it's worth putting my time and effort into building a life here um but uh yeah i don't know what do you think that's that's sort of the that's right. what i'm envisioning i'm envisioning well, so that the- basically if we have it it tends toward it not being a big thing um of course we could just have the def- have it just be like you cannot destroy worlds full stop 
You could say that, but it seems like your quick answer was yes, you can, but you generally wouldn't, which I think is, I think is right. Uh, right, I, I like think- you might want to go to a world that's destroyed for some reason, a temporary world, right? To do something that you really don't want traced, for example. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, you just create it for one purpose and then delete it. I mean, yeah. So, like, you know, you're having an affair, and you know, you don't want, uh, you know, so you and your partner just manifest in this world that no one else is in for a period of time, and then you destroy the world or something. Of course, you could just unlist it, right? I mean, it's not like, yeah, but if uh, you unlist it, then in an infinite amount of time, eventually it gets hunted down, and then maybe they can do some sort of analysis and find out what happened there before. Or, I don't know. I'm just I'm just riffing, but I just feel like I could see why temporary worlds, uh, intentional temporary worlds, would be a thing. Um, but it seems like most worlds that people put time into would be um, would be advertising their permanence in one way or another, even if it was a lie. Okay, so if you delete a world, yeah, uh, what happens to the people in it? They just—I uh, mean, presumably the default would be they get ejected, right? But is it possible that that doesn't happen? <laughs> that they go down with the world? Well, it seems like that would be a force eject to me. I'm trying to think of why it wouldn't be. Like, what permission could they have shut off? Because even if they've given away their permission to be ejected. Uh, or to uh, to cause their own ejection, right? They could give that away to the world. But it seems like if the world stops existing, it would eject the people rather than kill them. Got it. Okay. Do you? I, I, can you think of a loophole? Am I wrong? I'm trying to think of what permission would you have had to give the world to make it what? so that when the world disappears, you de facto disappear. It would be the ejection thing, right? Like, if you agreed, uh, as I enter this world, um, I no longer have the right to eject from it whenever I want. Right. Um, And then the world is deleted, so now it's like my... Like, my user or whatever is trying to eject, but does not have that right. I mean, it could be interpreted that way, or it could be interpreted as, well, literally, if the world doesn't exist, there is, like, no other way to resolve this. Yeah, that feels more natural to me that, like, it would, in that case, you would just be force ejected to whatever your original start world was. What if you Ah. eject your original start world, though, right? Not eject. I mean, destroy it. Yeah, yeah, destroy it. That's where, that was my next question. Okay, so maybe there is an actual way to cause this, but it's like, you have to, you have to do two things that are dangerous. You have to destroy your own original start world, which it seems like it would let you do if you were just on another world at the time. Okay. Maybe. I mean, maybe what doesn't let you do this, but let's assume for a moment it does. And then it seems like you would have an ability to designate another world, your start world, but let's say you don't do that and you just leave it undesignated. So you have like no... Uh, you know, no recovery email in your account, right? You've got like no backup solution. Right? Okay, and the start world, what's special about it really, right? Because it's not, is just that it's your ejection destination. Is that what kind of makes it special? Ye- yes, it's been designated as your recovery spot or something, your ejection spot. 
and maybe that's just a default that everyone is, you know, they wake up in this world in a, in a, in a home world. And the, the only aspect of the home world that's customized to them is that it has been designated as their ejection spot. And then they have full control over everything else in it, right? They can build all the trees and, you know, gravity and whatever else they want. Right. Um, but that's the one thing about it. And then maybe I could see it being possible to change that. Um, but let's say you destroy your world. You don't change it to another world. Let's say for a moment that the system doesn't force you to always have a backup. Um, and then you go to a world where you give away ejection privilege. And then you get, and then that world gets deleted while you're on it. So the system tries to eject you, but has nowhere to eject you to. So now your user is just sort of like uninstantiated. You're in some weird limbo. You're in some kind of limbo where like you're not running as a being, you know, you're not like, you're not like conscious or whatever. You're not, you know, running on the system. Well, and if you wanted to commit suicide this way, uh, you could just be on your home world and, and delete it at, while you're there. Right, because it tries to eject you to a place that no longer exists. Right, be like unless it way. didn't allow that. Right, that's right. Yes, that could be one way to to delete to die, or perhaps that's the only way to die. I I know that that potentially causes problems for us, but uh, uh, maybe you can't delete your user at all. Although I don't know, I think you should be able to delete your user. It seems like. Well, we have we we want death rights to be something you can sort of negotiate, right? Like for for drama purposes. So, like if you go to a natural Earth style world that mimics Earth, uh, then when you're on that world, like our theory has been, if you agreed to it, then when you die, you won't eject; you will just wink out of existence. Um, so that was wow. like that's how we've been operating so far. Right. So that so so there would be more than one way to I guess commit suicide. Like you could right, but probably the simplest way would be go to that no one could interfere with would be just go to your home world and hit delete. Well, unless you can just you know, instantly end your consciousness from anywhere. And then that would be even simpler. Right? Unless there's like a direct suicide button to click, basically. Or, right, or, just uh, delete account. <laughs> tell your exec like, you know, goodbye right. <laughs> for good. Uh, yeah, that seems right. And so, uh, I mean, you came up with kind of an elaborate scenario, right? Where like your homeworld gets deleted and you can't get ejected to it. But like, what would, can we think of like a dramatic reason that that would actually occur? Like, like I could see, you know, some of these religions maybe trying to persuade people to like give up their homeworld or like redesignate their homeworld. Right. Yeah, you could definitely designate your homeworld to be like a religious uh, world. One of the things that we had talked about idly once was, you know, the idea of engineering literal heavens or hells based on theology of some kind, mm -hmm. right? So it could be uh, Christianity or it could be like, you know, one of the religions that's developed inside the constellation, but... Um, you could go, you know, there could be a world that was designed by defaultists that's called defaultist hell, uh, that, you know, true defaultists who have changed their defaults are supposed to reassign that to be their, you know, um, their home world. 
and if they die on the uh, default well, this wouldn't be a default. This couldn't something. be a default as tell because they're reassigning their defaults, right? Oh so yeah, well maybe default different... can't do this, but some somebody could do this. Uh, I, anyway, I can imagine a religion doing this where uh, they are recreating whatever they think of as hell or something like that, and then they're forcing people to live in a place where, um, you know, uh, if your body is injured you're auto ejected. Like, you know, there's not death in the sense of like you're winking out of existence, but instead you go to, you know, the hell or heaven that you've been assigned to or whatever. Um, that could be, that could be. A right. Thing. Right. Cause like, like, so the way that they would set this up is they'd have like regular earth world, they'd have heaven world and they'd have hell world. Right. Right. Everyone's got to agree to go to earth world agree that they can't eject whenever they want and that they're following like normal death rules. Uh, but the normal death rules, well, that's not really normal death rules. It's just that death is an ejection back to your home world, which is the default, but your home world is like not under your control anymore. You've given up that key to the masters who decide sort of on the fly if you've been bad or good. Exactly. And assign your home world destination to be either the heaven world or the hell world right so for example if this is like a catholic world then every sunday when you confess and do your penance they could reset you to heaven and then they could have perfect monitoring of everything you do within the world and as soon as you sin uh then you switch to hell (laughs) right and so you would have a real-time like readout of whether you were going to heaven or hell like on any given day (laughs) Yes, yes, they could, like, they no. could make it much less uh, like opaque than yeah. it is. Yeah, you could have like a very transparent sort of Catholic setup. Um, for example, that's one thing you could do in this world. Okay, so yeah. I, I I like these rules. So you 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 can delete a world. Uh, yes. Deleting a world forces people to eject to their home world, and your home world is just like your designated ejection spot. Like that's the only thing that's special about the home world um so you could always update your ejection spot and multiple people could have like the same ejection ejection target maybe is a better phrase but uh right yeah that's cool i like that so uh, there's like and you know it's like the home page on your browser it's just what loads up first and you can type in any site there right right but that's also like always where you like there's always like your way station yeah i guess um I guess it's, you know, can you even link directly from one world to another, or do you always have to pass through your home world? I guess you probably could link directly. Seems like you can link directly if you have a tip or something, because that's stored in your, like, AI's memory, or your exec's memory, right? Like... Yes. Uh, well, the the exec has, like, a directory of everything listed, right. and also everything unlisted that you would have a an address for. Like once you get the address for it, it has your list. Yeah, it has your personal right. list. And so that that amount of information, whatever that amount is that the exec can carry, that seems to travel with you uh, and be available to you sort of on a super level of the entire constellation. Like it doesn't matter what world you're in, you can always access that information. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, okay, that's cool. So I had, I, those are some thoughts I had about deletion. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, topic that came into my head and this might be a bigger topic than than we want to do today but we'll see which is is uh is avatars like what people look like 
Yeah. Um, I mean, the simple answer is monkeys. <laughs> that's what you want to look like. Is no, I'm just world? saying that's the simple answer. The simple answer is monkeys. <laughs> Uh, no, what? Go ahead. Is that a so reference what, to say what you're No, I just said the word monkeys. Now you're thinking about a monkey. Aren't you happier? I've done you a favor. <laughs> I, I, I forgot how much you love monkeys. Uh, I do love I, monkeys. No, it's, go ahead. What do you want it to do? What? Well, I, I mean, I, yeah, the simple answer I was going to say uh-huh. is, uh, uh, you know, your avatar, I guess, is whatever you want it to be within the realm of your permission to do so. But like, you know, you'd think you'd have some conventions about this layered on top of that, right? Um, and certainly for story purposes, if we're like, I mean, it, it, occasionally it's going to be fun to transform our major characters, right? But like mostly like we want them to look consistent, <laughs> I think for the sake of visual storytelling. Um, and right. it's not crazy to think that right. like that would be, I guess Avatar, like the right to create, like control your own image would be like, probably a right that would be like a pretty standard one settled by an entrance contract right well one big thing that entrance contracts and worlds in general can do is sort of coordinate visual appearance right because mm-hmm. i mean we've talked about this in other contexts before a lot like if you have this fine-grained control over everything then you can determine what everyone looks like to you as well as what you look like to everyone so that causes just a lot of chaos. <laughs> so, I mean, there will be some places where that's unregulated, I suppose. But I think the norm would be toward everybody agreeing to see each other as they are presenting themselves. Yes, that's a good side point, which is like, you know, everyone sees the same thing, which, which would be like is, a, yeah. no- so you a opt into that when you space. Right, right. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So you like opt in, right. We talked about, right. We normalize it or we, um, synchronize our perceptions maybe that's what that's what it seems like to me it seems like synchronized it's, it's like sync pov or pov sync or something i don't know but it's it seems like it's your your you're opting into a synchronized um uh way of seeing things and then you have the ability to you know present yourself different ways some worlds might further limit you to like um, a range of sizes or a range of weights or something like that. Because within the physics of the world, like you don't really want people just showing up and making themselves into giants or, you know what I mean? Well, that's the thing as much the way, like you wouldn't, you're not allowed to wear like sweatpants to like a fancy restaurant or something like there's going to like, if it's a, I don't know if it's Renaissance world, (laughs) maybe like you've got to conform to like a certain like, appearance code sure right yeah or like yeah i think there's i think there could be fairly fine-grained um sort of terms of service style shrink wrap agreement type things that you know it 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 still leaves you in charge of your appearance but if their bots detect that you have set yourself you know outside of these parameters then the consequence is ejection you know um, or maybe the consequence is a warning, and if you don't fix it, then it's ejection. You know, I mean, they don't have to be very draconian, but I think they would enforce some reasonable norms that would allow like people to interact with each other. Uh, if you want now, to be a tiny person in a giant world, go to a world where everybody's a tiny person in a giant world. You know, or right. something like they have those. But 
in this world, we got to all be roughly the same size so that we can interact with each other, you know? Now, now what I was like, I mean, that's all important stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like what I was going with as far as like establishing norms here is, is not even just that, but like, what do people choose to do? Like, I assume, you know, if I like being, you know, a person of a certain age and gender or whatever, that I'm going to be relatively consistent about that because people can, they could, you know, every day they like, I guess, Oh, are there even days here? I guess there aren't really, but, uh, I mean, there are within maybe a single world there's days, but like, you know, they could just constantly change their appearance if they want, like every single day or every single, like every several hours. Sure. Uh, but that doesn't seem that's both not good for visual storytelling in our comic book and also seems like people would get tired of that. Like that also just wouldn't isn't a good prediction. Right. And changing your appearance as far as your hair color or your clothes or something is one thing. But changing, for example, what your face looks like or how tall you are is the kind of thing that you probably maybe want to do once <laughs> maximum. And then you want because there's value to people, you know, looking at you and seeing you and Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I think there's, it depends on what kind of world you're on. If you're on a world where you're all by yourself, then I guess all bets are off. You just transform constantly to suit your mood. Uh, maybe that's something we should depict in a comic book. Maybe that would be a cool thing to depict actually. Like, you know, the character that's always wearing the same hat, but in one panel, he's a dinosaur and one panel, he's a dog and one panel, he's a butterfly, you know, according to his feelings and what he's experiencing. Um, but I feel like in most worlds, you'd settle on something that was somewhat like your identity before the thing happened, because your identity had been set already by that point, and maybe with some tweaks or improvements or changes that you know you would have wished for before. Um, well, you'd probably update it now and then when you got sick of it. Like I guess maybe sure. the metaphor here is yeah. like your profile pic on a on a on a social network where it's like. You know, you change it every five months or something when it starts to annoy you. <laughs> well, there's different kinds of people, right? I mean, some people do change it every day and are, you know, but most people at most go through a phase of that, you know, and then get sick of it. And then I think a lot of folks, once you get a picture that looks okay and reduces well, you're like, fuck it, I'm using this for everything. <laughs> Mine is years old now. <laughs> Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. you know, but, uh, but yeah, like again, yeah, this doesn't change like the fringe people. Yeah. Who like could take it really far, <laughs> you know, I mean like in, in one direction or another where they're constantly changing. Right. Um, or never changing or like, I think a significant fraction of people sets themselves to exactly what they looked like when they were 21 years old with their, you know, five top blemishes removed and never changes that. <laughs> just lives like that for a thousand years now I mean, yeah but what percentage yeah. of people do you think are like you know go like pick a little more of a fantastical thing than that right like i have always like fancied you know i've always liked uh rhinos or some animal i don't know i don't you do like there, rhinos it's are true. there people that are really into rhinos i don't i don't know like that's uh, not, rhinophiles that, that's, a, that's a weird choice of animal but like let's just say that's always been your favorite animal so you know, once you like realize, oh, I'm in this like, you know, constellation world where I can do whatever I want. I'm going to like craft this perfect, like, you know, anthropomorphized rhino self. <laughs> well, that's, I that- mean, sure. I think if I lived in a world like 
this and there was a world where, you know, the social norm was to like have a tail, you know, I'd visit that world sometimes and have a tail while I was there, even if I don't necessarily want one all the time. I think it has a lot to do with norms and what you're doing, you know? I mean, if you're going, I don't know. I think you'll try to like conform and express yourself within the conformity. What's that? If you go to tail world as rhino guy, like maybe you've got a tail and still you're like rhino head. Like I, I, like I just mean like sure. I mean, oh, I guess look, I'm thinking... I think people will have rhino heads. I mean, for sure. I think there will be. I mean, surreality is a taste for sure, and some people will just be like, you know, want to look like a, a giant Teddy Ruxpin or you know, a elephant in a suit or you know, some people want to look like a robot. You know, some people will be like, I've always felt like a robot. Now I literally am one. Why don't I have a metal body? And their exec will be like. Well, I can make you one of those, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Right? No, I, I mean, uh, I think there'll be all that kind of stuff. Um, but like, yeah, I, sure. I, 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 I think so. And I think like for, you know, the visuals to be exciting in a comic book, I think, uh, I think that's a good place to go. Like, again, I don't think necessarily like every character should do that, but I think there should be like a pretty... I don't know what the split would be, you know, like maybe almost 50 50 between people that like look like normal human selves and people that look like have some fantastical touch of some kind. Right. Um, now, you know, like you said, it'd be subject to fashion trends. Like, so maybe, maybe there was a decade there where, where everybody was animals and then there's a decade where that was lame. Right. 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 Uh, so I, I mean, I guess it depends like, you know, if we're, if we lay out those like fashion cycles, then it depends like, you know, if we're doing a flashback to earlier history or like a flash forward like that, then that might depict, uh, we might show our characters differently, but I think right, in general. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and also um, I think, um, you know, traditional attractiveness would sort of wave in and out too, because I think there's a strong inherent drive to like be, you know, thin and uh symmetrical and stuff but um people get bored of that there'd be too much of it then people would start having you know more interesting faces more interesting looks and stuff and then that would become a trend and then people get bored of that and you kind of i could see that kind of swinging back and forth in a yeah well that's like that ted chang story right with the uh the lookism story uh yeah with the radical people go radical ugly on purpose they're taking some drug that keeps them from uh, being able to see whether someone's beautiful or not, like they can't perceive beauty because of this drug, right? And it's, yeah. it's supposed to uh, be a corrective for their lookism, you know, their their prejudice against ugly people. And then it, it has sort of unintended consequences. What is the name of that story? I can't think of it now. Uh, it's, a lo- it's like a, it's a long, long title. Name. Yeah. yeah. It's like the name of the, it's like also a fake a documentary, documentary transcript yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's like the last story it's in like, his first It's like collection. liking what you see a documentary or something like that. I think that's right. Yeah. That's what my brain just returned. <laughs> that's a good That's a good story. But there, there's, there's, a, there's a part of it. Actually, now I can't retrace in my head how it gets there from the premise. Uh, but there is some point where I know people are like choosing to make themselves ugly on purpose. Right. Uh, because like, you know, again, people try to be different, right? So it's like... Well, uh, yeah, fashion is this uh, complicated dance of trying to conform and then trying to be uh, exceptional or um, uh, individualistic within these, within those conformist waves. So it's always this sort of, you're trying to do the thing that everyone's going to do right before everyone does it. 
that's usually what you're attempting to pull off when you're, you know, uh, engaging with fashion. That's so, you know, so it's always moving. And as, as soon as people get it, then it has to move again. Right. And that, and that speaks like very much like to the mind of like our main character, uh, who's we're talking, well, I mean, depending on how we end up structuring our novel, but like we've talked about our main character being someone who's really trying to play the game of like building a cool new world that they can attract visitors to. Yeah. And so like that, that requires writing that, that, you know, crest of that wave. Right. Like, you know, right. like being the first person to, to like get on the right trend. Right. Um, you really want that attention and the way to get it is to, yeah, like r- ride the power of a trend that, uh, you came in early enough on. Yeah. All right. Well, so those are the things that I just like had in my head, but, uh, let's That's pick great. up where we are in the doc. Okay. Which, uh, yeah, maybe, I mean, we only like barely talked about it, but there's again, this, the idea of how this starts, right? I do think that's important because, um, I mean, a lot follows from that. Um, we need it. God, we need a term for this too, right? What are people going to call this? Uh, I think uh, in in the story I might have, that I wrote, I might have called it the transition, but I never liked that. I could, kept trying to find a better Especially because they don't actually experience the transition, right? Like it's very discontinuous. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do need a word for that. The start, the uh, reboot, the change, the the, re- the reboot. It's kind of a reboot of. Uh, yeah, it kind of is. It's kind of like a a restarter. Um, since, or the reset, or like since like capture, since that could mean the scanning, or it could also mean imprisoning. <laughs> it's kind since of both. Capture. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, um, yeah, I don't, or, I think some people will feel imprisoned, but I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily want to load it with that. Um, but capture is also like what you do with your scanner, you know? Um, no, no, I totally, yeah, that makes sense. Or, or like, uh, uh, well, but since yeah. people don't remember like going into a scanner, right. Uh, that's also like, it's weird for the people in this thing to call it that. They could have a weird um, name for it, like origin or something, like since origin. origin, like just like, you know, using a word that we have in a weird way. Yeah. Or like, I, yeah, or startup, since startup. It's not very interesting, but I feel like if I was trying to express this in this world, the first word out of my mouth would just be the change, uh-huh, <laughs> like the sure. big change. I oh, mean, you know what the- it could be is it could be waking up. Because that's what Since they did, right? They woke up and they were in this thing. Yeah, it was a feeling of a feeling of like they went to sleep and then woke up. Yeah. So maybe so it's like, like since since everyone woke up, you know, and maybe that's what it is. The uh, the awakening. The the awakening. The, okay, but that like has so many. The like wake. The, well, just the waking up. I mean, if you want to make it more colloquial. Uh the upwaking. <laughs> <laughs> the up waking that's not good <laughs> that makes me laugh though. uh yeah i don't know i'll keep thinking about it i don't have a good one right now yeah yeah so like yeah we don't need that term right now but 
actually bring, let's bring up waking up right because does everyone everyone's going to have a last memory so is their last memory they went to sleep uh and how would that work because not everyone in the world goes to sleep at the same time and if like right my neighbor went to sleep and then like got uploaded well i guess it wouldn't really matter with people in the same time zone but like I don't know if this thing was like sort of staggered. Maybe it was staggered. Maybe there was like some people that noticed it happening. I don't know. I mean, it's a big question why it is that they don't know what happened. Right? Like it it, it implies that the thing that did not happen is that they did not like build a machine as a society and decide altogether uh through like democracy or something. Uh, that they wanted to do this, right? Or if they did that, they erased that memory, I suppose, but or, probably they didn't do right. that. Right. I mean, I guess there might be some tricky explanation that like they tried it that way, people kept freaking out, and they found the only way to make it work was to erase the memory or something, but that feels a little bit strange. And also, how are they erasing memories? That's a big question. Like, we don't know how to erase memories now. I don't know. I'm always... Yeah, no, that's the kind of explanation when, uh, memory we would make fun of. Have a good hand wave of like, what is it actually doing? Um, but yeah, what could it be? I mean, it makes it seem like you know everybody fell asleep because they were gassed or something, and you know, destructively scanned, or like uh, you know, an alien. Right, 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 right. That makes the most sense, actually. Like, if there was an alien intelligence or something, uh-huh. or a super intelligence of some kind, right? Uh, it would, you know, because again, not everybody goes to sleep at the same time. It would probably like, yeah, have to like gas everybody. So then, but that would change everyone's last memory. Everyone's last memory would be, I was at the supermarket, I was walking down the aisle, and then I felt a little woozy. Right. And that's my last memory. Somebody screamed and I felt woozy and then I woke up in this house. And then other people would be like, I was in Russia and I went to bed. And when I woke up, I was in this house. Right. right. We could figure out like what time of day it was. Right. And like some people the world were happily would be, asleep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah half the, I mean, it would. if it's a super intelligence, you'd probably figure out whatever half of the world has more people, you know, put that half to sleep naturally and gas the other half or something. Or it would come up with some efficiency reason to do it the way it was doing it. And I assume that China, India, half has more people. <laughs> I would guess, I would imagine, since that's where all the people are, that you'd want to put Asia to sleep and then, you know, gas the rest of the world. And uh, so maybe, uh, you know, all the Chinese people in there just remember going to bed and all of the uh, people in the Western Hemisphere there, um, from the Western Hemisphere there, uh, remember like, you know, going to the grocery store, or going to work or picking up their kids from school or something and then, you know, smelling something funny <laughs> or whatever, you know. Um, right. Right. And then maybe there's some, yeah, it's interesting because like whatever that, that says a lot, right? Whatever that clue is. If right. it's a funny smell or something. Right. Uh, so we got to be careful about that. Uh, or it might be the kind of thing where there's some conflicting evidence. But I do think that makes sense. So then it's not quite... Yeah, it's not. it wasn't quite seamless. Like, people were sort of interrupted. Uh, 
which would make it, I think, more jarring. Um, sure, of course. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's it, it it definitely is making us. I think it's making a strong choice about what the source of the um, simulation is. That it's a uh, either alien or extremely um, advanced thing that you know doesn't have much in the way of like moral regard for the humans, you know, since it would just sort of gas them against their will or not against their will, but without their knowledge and, uh, uh, suck them into a new way of living. I mean, presumably, yeah. I mean, unless again, this is some kind of like, just the whole thing is some kind of ancestor simulation, right? By like much, farther future people right um that are that are themselves you know just just ordinary humans but yeah i mean it's because they remember a time before uh yeah it's got to end at some point um it could be fuzzy though i mean look we do there is like you know uh like ways to like interfere with new memories forming right um or to like Mm, sure like with drugs and stuff yeah sure uh so like it i mean it's not like you can't like selectively delete memories that easily or like no uh or like but you and and i don't know that you can like rewind the clock cleanly but you might be able to like you know impair someone's memory of like the previous couple hours or something (laughs) um right that's true yeah i could everybody could remember like whatever they were doing a few hours before. And then it's just hazy up until whatever the actual event was. Um, and that keeps it, I think more mysterious. What like maybe. Yeah. But for some know. people it was day, it, it would have been daytime. I think is like the key. If we want it to be all thing. at once, then that's inevitably true. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is it could happen over 24 hours. But then you would think that the people... But then when China shuts... Well, then there'd be memories of, like, I was trying to call, like, you know, the factory in China where I get my stuff made. Right. And no one was picking up the phone. Right. And then Uh, I went to sleep, and when I woke up, I was here. I guess they had already gone, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that wouldn't be crazy, actually. Like, uh... Yeah. Like, maybe maybe it was just scanning the world. Like, maybe the technology was such that it just worked best in the dark. And it just, you know, scanned everybody's brains uh, while they slept, basically. Or maybe well, the scanning then, machine itself was like huge, you know, like like celestial body size. And it just, you know, like literally orbited the Earth, <laughs> scanning it, you know, like hiding in the night sky. Well, it would, it, I mean, if it was at, it, in 24 hours, it could just park in one spot and let the Earth turn, right? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So that sort of makes sense <laughs> in a weird, I mean, it's weird as hell, but it, I mean, it makes a certain kind of sense. Uh-huh. Um, and now some people would be up, even if it's night, right? Some people are going to be awake. So those people would have, I guess, like a version of this, like fuzzy, I was sitting on the couch reading a book or something. Right. Uh, I vaguely remember something like that. Um, but mo that would mean that for most people, 
it was like I was asleep, right? Right. And so it does feel a little more seamless. I mean, that feels like a nicer being would do it that way. <laughs> it seems a little more careful. A little more I careful. I mean, either nicer or just closer to humanity, you know, like less alien. Like Sure. Trying to reduce the shock for the animals going into the system or whatever. Right. I don't know. So how do you how do you feel about that? That's like not a bad It feels like a really strong choice. I mean, I uh I definitely want to think about it, you know? Cuz it mean, leaves some wrinkles, right? Like it leaves some things for like cuz we want to kind of leave some breadcrumbs for because like if people in this world are going to be curious about this, they're going and if they if they like talk to enough people and they're like, "Oh yeah, my my friend used to order stuff from China and he found out like that they weren't they were not taking calls that whole day, right? As we recall, like so that they they could try to slowly they could put together what we just explained, right? right? Right. They could piece together that like the you know you could even talk to a Chinese person and maybe follow their clock back and find out that they had been there you know fifteen minutes longer than you or something, um, or maybe they scan everybody and then they started them all up at the same time. I don't know, but it it's possible that they had entered the system you know, X number of hours before you did because they were in China and you were in the West. Yes, that is that is possible because everyone's just on that home world. So they're not like immediately in contact. Right, right. It might take years for people to like leave their home worlds. Some of them. Right, right. Which is another thing to, to get into later. Um, oh, yeah, this is important. Like what's the date? Like- of this uh i mean genre dictates it must be 1999 (laughs) i don't know we can make it whatever we want uh it feels like yeah it's easier to pick a recent past date maybe not so far back as 1999 although i wouldn't be opposed to well i mean that's just like i'm kidding because that's just when like the matrix is set and stuff but uh there's just something about that time period that seems like it has a lot of these stories in it um but no i mean i think it can be pretty recent um i mean i could be in the future too right it could be in the future i think uh i mean literally right now we're in a very big global event right uh so, which these don't happen that often. Remain indoors. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, a global pandemic is something we maybe want to make a conscious choice to like set it before then <laughs> or set it after, which is, you know, pre- you know, but uh, in fact, I know that that's already affecting writers right now um, because like, yeah, if you're trying to tell a story, like I bet a lot of people are like, oh, uh, this has to happen in, you know. 2018 or 2019 or something yeah uh, early 2019 yeah because uh so i don't know that it seems easier we could like i mean obviously you know we don't necessarily have to totally pin this down now and it's going to take us a while to make this book um but i don't know my instinct is to just like go just a little bit back from now to like what feels like a good year and just kind of like stick with that um, hmm. or, you know, we can make a real choice to make it the nineties or something, but you know, then that starts to have that, like, 
it's an alternate world at that point. Um, right. I mean, rather than it, a future world, it's an alternate. I mean, and, and eventually the, given enough time, this will become an alternate world. Right. But, uh, I think maybe we don't want to start it as like, or feeling like a nostalgia piece. Right. I mean, the second you said it in the nineties, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, then it, it, it brings your brain to making nineties references and stuff. And do we really need all that? Um, yeah, so I agree. I mean, I think, I don't know. I think it might be in- interesting to make some predictions about post-COVID world and set this not too far in the future as well. Um, but it really doesn't matter that much because once they wake up in the in the simulation, things start changing really rapidly and then we're adding 50 years or more onto that, right? So... Um, you know, by the time we're in the story, it's somewhere in the 2070 plus range. Yeah. And at that point, humanity has been operating with a completely different set of constraints for some time. And so, you know, things will be pretty radically different no matter what. But with, but with people not really dying that often, um, right. So Their taste backstory. will still be more relevant, like more related to today's taste and stuff because of that. Right, right. Like, I mean, if you sort of follow the old uh, cliche that, you know, like people like lock in their 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 music taste, you know, in their like early 20s or something, whatever it is. Right. Uh, you know, then like, yeah, well, most of these people would be locked in in that sense for certain things. You know, like I, I just, it would matter or, or the, you know, they'd be different, right? Like, I mean, what generation you were a part of before uh, would, would be relevant, I think, in writing the characters. Now, again, 50 years is a lot of time to like wash away some of that and make it less salient. But um, I do think it's an issue. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, there would, yeah, I mean, and I think there would be people who reacted to the uh, simulation by uh, becoming neophytes and, and, you know, redefining themselves in various ways and sort of acting young despite their age, because some of that is how much time you feel like you have left. Some of it is like your brain is growing and, you know, there's some parts of it that are that would be over, I guess, for you. I mean, we haven't talked too much about brain hacking, I guess, but we can get into it at some point. Like, is it possible to make yourself physically younger in this world, et cetera, et cetera? Um, well, see that? Okay, that's important, right? Because physically younger, that's yeah, I mean, diff- you can make whatever body you want. But uh, I always was sort of like, in, you know, in, in, in Hanson's, like, you know, portrayal of the m world or whatever mm-hmm. he still had like like m's kind of getting old and like losing their like brain plasticity um and i don't know exactly what research he was drawing on but mm-hmm. uh and i don't know enough about that but it's like yeah i mean if why do people like get a little more like stuck in their ways like as they get older some of that's cultural some of that's like you said knowing that you have less time left and some of that i assume is just literally like cell damage or like accumulation of garbage in that case i mean the cell damage is optional in this world right i would assume so i would assume that's the kind of thing that would be removed by the simulation right 
um, because why not? But I, I don't know if there's maybe there's just something about the fundamental organizational principles of the brain that it just starts, you know, it gets bogged down kind of no matter what. I mean, I mean, we could kind of suppose whatever we want, I think, because this is all a little bit magical, but... Uh, That's something I'd be interested in looking at what the best, you know, thoughts are out there about that. You know, what, what do people who know some science think about that? Because I mean, you know, software ages, you know, like there are, um, there can be just like information cruft that can build up, but also at the same time, like human beings forget things. So if there's information you're not using and you live long enough and your brain is not, it's, you know, continuing to build new neurons and stuff. It's not physically deteriorating. Then shouldn't you be able to just learn new things, forget the old things and just sort of slowly become a new person. And, you know, you wouldn't feel, it wouldn't be shocking to you because it would happen over a long time, but isn't that, um, the most likely thing to happen to the most people. And then some other people would have other things go on. I'm sure go crazy or, or just get rigid or uh, something, but uh, right. is that inevitable? I'm not sure. I think if you well, do some learning, it's well, not some a- of the rigidity, you know, I don't know how much that is just like, you know, your brain responds to like novel things, right? I mean, it's like really attuned sure. to like new things because like that's really important. Like it could, dangerous, a new thing. Yeah. could be a threat or, or, right. or a good thing. Right. Right. Um, and so like, there's literally less new things as you get older. Um, and you also like, you have more shortcuts, right? You have like more like sort of hard coded heuristics that you just like rely on unthinkingly when you get older. Uh, and none of those, those are all like, you know, things you could push against, right? Like those are just, they're not necessarily like limitations of the system, it's more just like stuff that people do. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess those two things I just said are actually different, right? So like, like one is like, uh, how much do I just like rely on like old patterns of thought, right? You can imagine you could like intentionally break out of that, right? Um, by like forcing yourself to like look at things sideways or like like rethink your old heuristics, or even programming um, your exec to like really interrupt your thoughts and interrogate them sure and the novelty thing though uh that seems like you know you can't experiencing something experience something for the first time again uh i mean unless we allow memory deletion which i don't think we're doing no but Um, you can forget things though right even though because if we're copying the mechanism of the brain brains forget things they don't allow you to delete memories on purpose that's not how they work but if you keep not thinking of something for long enough, it will eventually fade away, right? So isn't that still true? Or are we assuming that these are like super brains that never really actually forget? No, no, I think you would. You could still forget, but I just don't think the rate of forgetting, I mean, especially like if you imagine now you can fulfill all your desires, right? Right. And that complicates things a couple ways. I mean, one, uh, there's a lot of opportunity for novelty, so maybe you just just infinitely find new things, no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and I assume that's like a big part of it. But like on the other hand, 
um, if there's something you want to experience, you're going to experience it. And I feel like, yeah, you're going to forget things, but it just seems like the rate of forgetting is slower than you're like experiencing things. Uh, cause you're, you know, as soon as you can think of a cool thing you want to do, you do it right. Or you could, um, so yeah, but the more I, cool things you do, the faster you forget things too. Right. I mean, I don't know that that's true. Well, don't you think because you're then you're thinking about this new cool thing instead of thinking back on the old thing, so you're not reifying that pathway. Instead, you're yeah. I, I mean, that's goes to a question of how the how the brain works. But I'm not sure that like experiencing new things necessarily overwrites old things in like a one to one way. Not like, one to one, no. But I think the more new things you're doing, the less time you're spending revisiting your previous memories, making them stronger. Yeah, but I guess I still think the balance still seems... I mean, look, this is just what it feels like to sure. me in, like, regular sure. life. I'm not a simulated being that can, like, uh, you know... You can't prove ...invent that. endlessly novel worlds. Uh, but it feels like to me in, like, regular life, like, you know, there's just less and less new stuff as I get older. That's something that I notice. Yeah. Um, That's, like like, has that same, like charge you know that you like when you're really experiencing something for the first time i'm just wondering like you know what does it mean to be old i mean look it's like kind of like a vampire story or any of these immortality stories right like our old people don't have to die and they don't have to um you know they're not subject to certain restrictions but are they still like mentally old in some way you know, I feel like some of them would be, but I don't think it's inevitable that all of them are. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because I think all the things that make you old are things that you could consciously with effort defeat. But I'm not sure that people would have the tendency toward doing that. I think a lot of people would become old in the sense that they would become rigid in their thoughts and they would continue to live a routine that worked for them. And they wouldn't, you know, and maybe that routine involves a certain amount of novelty, but they would still you know, um, f f be doing something that's fairly unchallenging to them for a yeah. period of time. And, and if you're doing that, then I think there's this fundament, you know, there is a way in which you're old. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. you know, you may not be uh, frail or infirm or demented, but you are, um, you know, narrowing down your choices in your uh, possibilities uh, due to your experience and I think that that's you know that's part of the part of the experience of being old that that people would yeah at least some would still experience and some would experience very strongly because I think that's like a personality thing and then some people would just you know they would intellectually understand we, I don't have to do this and then they would fight against it and you know some would win and some would lose <laughs> I mean, it kind of feels like there'd be a lot of that rigidity. I mean, maybe this would fall like roughly along the lines of what we were talking about, where there are the people that are, you know, world hopping to the the cool spots and checking out the new worlds and right. participating in some kind of economy where they, you know, trade access to things and join clubs uh, and build worlds and, and try to promote them. And then a whole bunch of people that just join a religion and stay on that religion's planet or like build a, you know, perfect replica of their childhood home and just stay there. Right. Yep. Um, it seems like, yeah, there'd be a lot of the people in that latter category would sync up with the people that are also kind of mentally old. Right. Yeah, sure. 
yeah, you'd have whole suburb cultures, you know, uh, and they would have um, the resources to live their ideal life. And uh, there'd be enough people wanting to conform to that, that they could have a whole society there. And then you'd have other, um, you know, more adventurous types. And certainly there'd be, um, people would go through phases and there'd be back and forth between those things too. But I think, yeah, I think significant people would choose something that was like a conformist, somewhat, somewhat better version of, um, you know, the kind of world we have now versus other people who would, um, really want to explore the limits and try to figure out, you know, what else can we create or, uh, if these limits don't apply to us anymore. Right. When people are going to need stuff to do, right. To feel useful. So, yeah. I mean, we get to the whole, the whole job thing, right. Um, you know, if you're tracing status, attention, all that stuff, that's like, again, sort of the more, we almost kind of need terms for these things, right? Like, uh, you know, again, like the sort of throwaway terms that I was using in the story was like actives, you know, and withdrawn people. Right. But I mean, that, is, those aren't great terms. Right. This is like almost like the yuppies or the, um, uh, you know. In Let Go, they'd be the strugglers. Strugglers in Let Go. <laughs> the tryhards. Right, right, right. Um, or the strivers, maybe, is like a less uh, uh, judgy way to say sure. it. Sure. Or just like the bourgeois, right? <laughs> like... Well, I mean, you know, um, I mean, uh, but maybe, they're not like, they're not wealthier the way that like bourgeois kind of implies. Right. But in another time, those were the people who were true. They weren't as wealthy as the aristocratic class, but they were striving, you know, they were trying to yeah. rise up. Um, and, uh, you know, um, then there's these other people who are, um, you know, essentially st- Sticking to some vision, right? They're, uh, and I think those people are going to be driven heavily by. I mean, good, other than the people, they're good enoughs, you know. They're, something's yeah, other, good enough for them. <laughs> but I think other than those people, other than the few people of those that are like truly solipsistic and just go with the private paradise, I think those people are mostly just going to be looking for some belonging. Like, where's my tribe? Here they are. Give me. I, I mean, you could really see the appeal of religion in this world. We've already like covered how it's like interesting and maybe more justified. Right. But I think it's also really it's going to fill a need for a lot of people. I mean, it does now, obviously. So that's not a right, crazy right. But if statement. you don't need to work to eat, it becomes a much more big thing, right? Because now right. I think people's work takes a lot of their time. And a religion here could just be like, this is this world. If you want to join us on this world, we follow these rules. It's not like, you know, it's not all Jesus-y or anything. Like maybe we don't have, maybe it's a little more lax than we think of most religions, but it's like, this is how we do it here. Well, but Uh, it's also more well enforced because the world itself can enforce the rules in many ways. Right. Uh, Um, Through surveillance, if not through like literal permissions that you're giving up. Yeah. Do you want to do our thing where we um, quickly review what we decided okay let's do that so number one can you delete a world yes uh deleting a world with people in it forces all those people to eject where do they eject to they eject to their home world in fact that's all a home world really is is a default ejection spot right if somehow you got yourself into a dumb situation where uh you have nothing on where you your home world is deleted while you're on it for example 
uh, or you just ha- don't have defined an ejection spot, I don't know if that's allowed or not, uh, then uh, then you're gone. You're in uh, software limbo. That's um, another way to die in this world, as opposed to just deleting your own consciousness on purpose or allowing yourself to be killed in a in a in a world. Right. Uh, everyone can look like whatever they want, except that social norms govern that like most people synchronize so that everyone sees the same space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most worlds have some kind of appearance guidelines, you know, just like in high school, you can't show up wearing a shirt that says fuck you across the front. Uh, you know, you got to fit in with that world's basic guidelines, maybe be a certain size, for example. Right. Um, right. Uh, the big transition, which we still don't have a name for, um, probably we're thinking happened in some sort of 24 hour scanning period that started in, uh, Asia. Okay. Uh, when Asia was asleep and then swept around the world, scanning everybody. Uh, but also like left everybody kind of, anybody who was conscious is pretty fuzzy as to the last couple hours there. Uh, and a lot of people were just asleep because that was the plan. But right. people might remember, you know, talking to some people around the world or trying to talk to some people around the world that weren't there, right? Because they had vanished. So Yeah, there'd uh, be like a period of twenty four hours or less during which certain people were missing and some people might have like residual anxiety from that or something. Actually, that would become like a huge I mean, that would not take long, right? Like if all of Asia vanished overnight, like uh, we would hear about that pretty quickly. I think there'd be like a f- massive freak out on the news with there not be. <laughs> yeah, there would be. So maybe that's the last thing you remember. Yeah, I heard on the news that Asia vanished. Everybody was going crazy. Couldn't sleep. Yeah. And then somehow I woke up here. <laughs> so anyways, that's what we got so far. I don't know. That could change. Uh, but we talked about that. Um, yeah, and sure. then we talked about, um, you know, do you get old in this place? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, some people, no one really has to get old. I don't think we're assuming any like hard plasticity loss. Like it's it's like more like if you're not fighting against that uh, by being like sort of part of the more like active spaces in this world, then you probably are going to become pretty rigid. And that we assume that's a decent amount of the population. Right. But you'll still remain healthy and uh, able to learn. So you won't be old in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's the wrap up. Cool. That seems like we did something. All right. Well, uh, this has been fun. Uh, Stay safe. We'll talk again next week. And um, to our listeners, thanks for uh, hanging on with us. See you next time. This has been Constellation, Making the Graphic Novel. Our theme song is Pomona by Audios. To subscribe to this podcast, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher application. You can find us on Twitter or on the web at constellationpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.